Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Here is a new episode of Luke's English Podcast, and this one was really fun uh, to record. Essentially, in this episode, you're going to join uh, my wife and I as we walk around the streets of Paris during a brilliant music festival. Okay, You're going to hear music, you're going to hear conversation with people that we met, and you're going to hear my commentary as we go. All right, So that's what's going to happen in the episode. Let me just mention my podcast sponsor before we get started. Um, and today, the sponsor is italki. Um, I've talked to you about italki before, of course. They're sponsoring Luke's English podcast at the moment, and that's really important because sponsorship allows me to continue doing this. Um, If I wasn't being sponsored, then it might be difficult for me to justify spending my time on this project when, you know, I could be working, I could be doing one-to-one teaching lessons, I could be making money that way. Instead, I choose to do it like this. And thankfully, I have sponsors that sort of allow me to to continue, which is great. So the sponsors support the show in a really important way. And, um, you know, it took me time to find the right sponsors. And I think italki are the perfect sponsors, really, for Luke's English Podcast, because I'm very happy to tell you about their service. It's it's brilliant. Essentially, um, you know, with the internet now, you can just get in touch with native speakers in a really efficient way. Um, and with italki, you can find native speakers, qualified English teachers, and they can give you conversation time. You can arrange English lessons with them. Um, I went on to italki the other day and had a look at some of the, uh, the English teachers that they have. And they have videos where you can kind of get to know them. They play little two to five minute videos and they present themselves and you can kind of have a look at uh, have a look at them and listen to their voices, let them tell you about themselves. And I saw a few different teachers. Some of them are like, you know, quite serious and they, they're like very well qualified and well experienced and look like they can help you pass exams and do business English and stuff. Some of them are just really lovely and friendly and they just look like they are exactly the right people to talk to if you're feeling a bit shy and you just want to kind of start speaking, but you don't want too much pressure. Other teachers I met just look really fun, like just really funny and like you could have a really good time talking to them so anyway i'll let you discover them um but um just remember that uh, you should visit through my url um and uh, when you do that you'll get a, a 100 uh, italki credit voucher that's about ten dollars italki will send you a voucher if you buy some lessons go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk Uh, or click an italki logo on my website. Okay, right then. Now, let's get started with this cool and groovy music-related episode of the podcast. And here we go. So start the jingle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey into the English language. A journey into the DNA of the English language. Really? The DNA of the English language. Now, that's a really quite a strong claim. I find your lack of faith Who are you? You talking to me? You talking to me? You know who I'm talking to. I'm a school teacher. I teach English composition. Oh, really? Yes. 
Hello, listeners. It's the 21st of June today, which means that it's the uh, longest day of the year. It's the summer solstice. Apparently, this is the official beginning of summer here in the Northern Hemisphere. But I wish someone would actually tell the weather. Well, obviously, the weather didn't get that email here because um, it's still cloudy and wet and not quite as warm and nice as it should be. Um, but it is the summer solstice, officially, officially, uh, scientifically, the longest day of the year. And uh, in the UK, um, people will be gathered around um, Stonehenge at this, uh, at this moment, um, celebrating the, uh, the longest day of the year. That's the traditional place where people um, kind of see in the, uh, the summer solstice. Um, quite a fascinating spot, really, Stonehenge. Um, these huge uh, pieces of stone arranged in this circle. Uh, it's an ancient site. It's something like 5,000 years old. Um, and uh, some people believe that it was put together as some sort of huge space clock uh, because, um, you know, some, some people believe that the stones in Stonehenge line up with different stars in the sky and it's a way of sort of trying to tell the time or a way of counting the years. Um, and what's interesting is that there is a, a stone positioned at a certain spot um, at Stonehenge so that when the sun goes down, it lines up perfectly with this stone. And in fact, a beam of light comes all the way through um, across, the, uh, across the, the fields and shines between two of uh, the largest uh, blocks of uh, stone there, uh, sort of sh- shining light right into the centre of the circle, which is quite interesting. And if, you, if you've got an imagination, you can start to speculate about what that was for. And people have wondered uh, whether or not that was for sort of ceremonial purposes. If you can imagine if there was some sort of um, ceremonial stone table in the middle of the circle, and exactly as the sun goes down on the longest day of the year, the sun shines through the gap in the stones, and one beam of light is sent into the middle, and then, I don't know what, maybe some Indiana Jones-style sort of ritual could have been carried out. It's, it's the stuff of Hollywood um, science fiction and fantasy, it really is. But that's in the UK. At the moment... I'm in Paris, um, in France, and uh, this is uh, what they have here in, in Paris on uh, the 21st of June is something called La Fête de la Musique, which is like, a, I guess the English translation would be sort of like a music festival, basically, the Festival of Music, which happens every 21st of June. And uh, on uh, Fête de la Musique, there are usually uh, musicians in the street and... Um, loads of people are out in the street and there's parties in the street and you get uh, live music being performed on street corners everywhere all through the city and uh, it happens all night because obviously the sun stays up um, quite late this being the longest day um, the sun doesn't go down until after about 10 p.m Um, up up in the uk the sun goes down even later than that in fact um, uh, in the middle of summer I remember when I was a kid growing up in in the Midlands, um, in the middle of in the middle of England, which is obviously further north from where I am now. Uh, I remember very long days. The days seemed to go on forever when I was a kid in the middle of summer, and you get these like incredibly long days where the sun wouldn't go down until like you know half past ten, even at eleven 
or even after 11 at night, the sky would sometimes still be a kind of deep blue colour, even though the sun uh, had gone down sometime earlier, the sky was still fairly light, and it would still be light until, you know, 11-ish, you know, not perfectly bright and everything, but there would be a sort of a, a dim twilight, even even as late as about 11 o'clock. Um, so here in here in Paris, we're not that much further south, but the sun does go down a bit later um, on this particular day, and so uh, so it's a it's a good time to go out in the street and uh, enjoy Fête de la Musique. So the plan is, we've just had our dinner. You'll be glad to know. Guess what we had? We had my chicken recipe. Yum yum! It was good. Um, but what we're going to do now is go out um, into the street and have a wander around the local area and uh, check out some of the music that's playing. Now, there was some music going on downstairs a moment ago, um, and uh, when I came out to start this recording, I thought I'd pick up some of the music, some of the sounds from the street below, but they promptly stopped as soon as I came out. Obviously, they, someone told them. Someone obviously said, Oh, Luke's doing a podcast. You better uh, keep the music down. It's like, no, you don't, you don't get the idea. I want to have the background music. Um, so hopefully by the time we go back down again, or by the time we go into the street, uh, they will have started again. But I'm going to do a, a little bit of a kind of a, a field recording here as as we move around in the street. I'm upstairs on the terrace at this moment. This is this is where sometimes I have Paul and Amber over, and weather's, when the weather's good, we sit up here and talk nonsense for your listening pleasure. Um, so that's where I am now. You might be able to hear some of the street sounds. Can you hear this? No idea if you can actually hear the noises that are coming from the street below, but there are people in the street. There's conversation going on down there. There are restaurants and bars, and lots of people will be sitting outside. Even though the sky keeps threatening to rain, the, the, there is lots of low-lying cloud, large grey clouds moving across the sky. There's some blue sky in the distance there, and there's a vague beginnings of a sunset going on. It must be about 9pm as I'm recording this. It's about quarter past nine, I think. Still quite bright. Oh, I think they're starting again. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go and enjoy the music downstairs and uh, join, join, the, uh, join the crowd of people and uh, have fun. At this very moment on the BBC, they're having a debate about Brexit, which is obviously the big story of the moment. And I was thinking of, I think I might talk about that um, probably Thursday. That's the date of the referendum. Oh, it's all happening here in, in Europe. Um, right then, I think it's time to, uh, to go downstairs and get involved. So I'll, I'll probably speak to you again in a minute. I'm downstairs again now in the kitchen and uh, now in the living room, giving you a tour of the flat. We're just about to go downstairs. But before we do, the BBC is on here. This is BBC World News. They're debating the Brexit at the moment. Have a listen. Workers in this country have already been through a rough time, and that was nothing to do with this debate. That was to do with all those bankers who crashed our economy, and workers ended up paying the price. So, when we talk about wages, the TUC has looked at all the hard evidence. 
complicated arguments about whether leaving the European Union would be bad for working people. Will it will it cause wages to wages to go up or down? Who's responsible for unemployment and the lack of wealth that we have in the country? The right wing are blaming Europe. The the left wing are blaming the Conservatives and their austerity measures. It's all very confusing. I still think we should stay in the European Union though. It's a bit mental to leave. I think the EU has also created 50% youth unemployment right across southern Europe. It's a oh, total the highest employment it's that we've ever had in this country. Lots of figures being thrown around. It's difficult to know who to believe. I think it's time to go downstairs and enjoy some music. All right then. We're going downstairs now in the lift. That's the sound of my lift closing. My wife's standing right in front of me. Do you want to be on the podcast? No, she's shaking her head. Why not? She's shrugging her shoulders, which shrugging your shoulders normally means, don't know. It's a typical French gesture. Why, why don't you want to be on my podcast? Actually, it's my decision, isn't it? I've always been the one to say, probably best, you know, to keep certain aspects of my life private. Do you agree? She's nodding her head. She's very wise very wise human right now what I'd like to do before we go and check out some music somewhere is buy something to drink something something called beer you heard of beer it's traditional it's a traditional European beverage which um, is appropriate for a, an evening like this right time to go in the shop to get beer okay I've got my beer Here's the magic moment where the beer gets opened for everyone to enjoy. Oh, that's such a good sound. It's one of my favourite sounds in the world. So should we go up to uh, the corner? (laughs) I've (laughs) I've discovered a way of making you silent. (laughs) I should do this more often. (laughs) <laughs> she just gestured at me in a fairly rude manner <laughs> no in a very rude manner alright so we're just walking up the street I suppose part of the reason actually you my wife you're the one who suggested that I do this recording it's like you you suggested it she's now texting what, what are you going to text she said because I thought <laughs> I thought your your listeners so this is what my wife is writing to me in the form of a text on her phone anyway because i thought that your listeners would be interested in fed de la musique yeah well they are they're all fascinated by this but one thing i can be sure of something they're much more fascinated by do you know what that is they're way more fascinated by the fact that you are about oh you're like a millimetre away from being on Luke's English podcast and everyone's desperate to hear your voice but um, I think they're just going to have to hold on aren't they? Uh, It's quite fun this isn't it? Yes she's nodding Um, Anyway part of the reason that I'm doing this recording and we both agreed this would be a good idea uh, the part of the reason was uh, so that I could share a bit of life in the capital of France beyond just um, 
the football, which obviously is going on here at the moment, the Euro, uh, I was going to say Euro 96, but that was like 20 years ago, Euro 2016, obviously that, but also just beyond the usual story, which is kind of like, oh yeah, there's flooding, there's bad weather, and there's been a terrorist attack, you know, all that sort of thing. It's, there's actually a lot more cool stuff going on here, uh, despite some of the more well-known problems and the strikes as well. Yes, we've had strikes as well. But it's not just strikes, bad weather and, uh, you know, uh, trouble. Um, also, cool things like people in the street and trendy people walking around. Guys riding scooters. Guys riding scooters down the pavement. The boulangerie, the local boulangerie is starting to do uh, organic bread, which my wife is very excited about. In fact, there's a poster on the, in the window of the boulangerie that says... Découvrez notre nouvelle gamme de pain bio. Discover our new organic bread. Which, I'm sure you'll agree, is a reason to be excited. Ow! <laughs> Just been slapped on my arm. That's my beer hand. You've got to watch out for this important. Just walking up to where there should be some music happening at the top of this road. Um, it's a lovely street. What's your favourite thing about this street? She's now texting. <laughs> Just speak, woman. Food. Food. Yeah, it's the food. It is a great street for food. I wonder if I should tell them which street it is, because then that might... No? We want to keep it private. Stalkers. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, understandably concerned about the threat of stalkers. That if I just give away my address... Then, next thing you know, thousands of uh, stalkers will arrive on my doorstep. I doubt it, of course, I doubt it, but anyway. So you can, I'm sure you can hear the music that's uh, greeting us here as we walk up the hill. Some sort of synthesizer, synth, synth stuff. It's a bit Daft Punk-ish. Imagine if it actually was Daft Punk just performing at the top of our road. They do come from France. Try try to cross the road without being run over by a Parisian driver. That's nice. It's good. This is one dude on a keyboard. Not bad. So to describe the scene, we've got a kind of, um, I guess, a triangular. Well, normally it would be called a square. It's a place. Is this a place? It's like a place, like a place, uh, a square in English. It's in fact, it's triangular in shape. Um, and uh, there are a few trees here and like restaurants at the top and uh, a little cafe on the side. And in the middle of all this, there's a, there's a road going up the side as well. In the middle of all of this, there's someone has set up a stage. Normally here, there's a, a kind of a merry-go-round for kids because the kids and their parents come here at the weekend and sort of hang around under the trees and have a go on the merry-go-round and stuff. But they've set up a stage here for Fête de la Musique. 
and I don't know how many people are here, maybe 100, 200 people um, gathered around the stage. And there's there's a guy in a uh, Fred Perry polo shirt, which um, I have to point out is an English brand. Uh, I think he's French, but he's wearing English clothing, you know, because he's a cool dude. And he's um, playing the keyboard and producing all of this music on his own which is cool and people are looking at me thinking who is this uh, English playing doing his podcast if they knew I was Luke from Luke's English podcast they they would probably they probably wouldn't do anything because they'd be like oh we don't care we're just we're not interested yeah anyway it's cool it's a cool scene Lots of people around, there's families and young, trendy people. There's a small child here dancing in front of me. There's a little dog there as well. It's nice. This is the kind of beautiful scene where adults, music lovers, small children and pets can come together in peace and harmony and enjoy music all night long in the street enjoying the uh, the principles of liberty humanity and fraternity not in that order what's the right order it's liberty egality fraternity holiday I think those I think there is a, a fourth one that's been added because the, the the concept of the holiday is very important in France just like it is everywhere I suppose dog there is still enjoying itself. There's a little kid on someone's shoulders having a fantastic time. In fact, there are several kids getting into the music here, as well as uh, small furry animals, pets, and the usual adults that you'd expect to find at uh, an event like this. did the uh, the music for the Euro 2016, the French uh, producer, the DJ. What's his name again? Can't remember his name. We don't really like him. We think he's, his music's a bit rubbish. Uh, David Guetta. That's it. David Guetta. I think David Guetta needs to be needs to watch his back, because this guy, this kid in the, the, the English clothes, um, I think he's pretty good. He just looked at us. Did you notice? I hope we're not making him nervous. And there's weirdly there's a man holding a holding a baby looking at me. Which is always a bit of a weird thing to happen, isn't it? I shouldn't get self-conscious while I'm doing the podcast. It doesn't help the podcast. There's a couple, a young couple snogging each other there. Um, which uh, is uh, not an unknown site here in the, on the streets of Paris, the city of lights where love happens in the streets between young couples, um, especially on an evening like this. People kiss, they embrace in, the pub, in public, it's nice. 
much. You know, in some parts of the world, they don't like displays of public affection. They don't like to see people kissing in the street. But here in, in, in Paris, I don't know if it's true in France as a whole, but certainly in Paris, you do see young couples kissing. Um, and it's kind of nice, it's romantic, you know? nice that people can get together and enjoy themselves like this. There's a, a group of people there who have started uh, cheering because one of their friends has just arrived with a bunch of bread. Yeah. You know it's a party in France when someone arrives with bread. People are drinking, actually, their sandwiches, to be fair, their sandwiches, fair enough. Bread based, uh, bread based foods and beer, essential ingredients for a good party. I'm just rambling nonsense at this point. Um, let's, let's, let's walk up there and see what we find. We're going to walk up to a sort of a touristy area. Um, and I think I'm going to stop recording so that I can maintain my marriage <laughs> I just noticed a new restaurant and uh, it looks nice I just looked at the menu and uh, they sell fish and chips which is exciting for an Englishman when he's abroad and uh, a woman in the restaurant is staring at me slightly judgmentally that does happen here don't you think do you think that people stare at each other in this city more than in other places she's nodding in agreement she knows I'm right about that um, there was a oh yeah there's the Italian restaurant where we go and have pizza sometimes so they're showing the football and uh, the score is 1-0 to Spain congratulations to all my listeners from Spain you are currently beating Croatia 1-0 after 35 minutes I think Spain are uh, certainly one of the favourites in the uh, football uh, so well done Spanish people your team appears to be doing well so we've just walked up the hill we're now approaching the part of the city called Montmartre Montmartre can't say it very well Montmartre Montmartre that's where there's a hill you know uh, in the north of the city sort of north of the centre and on the top there is the big cathedral um and uh, it's really cool. It's, it used to be where all the artists used to hang out, and it's still a very nice place. It's a very touristy area now, uh, but you find lots of like you know little shops and boutiques and bars and restaurants. And uh, the further you go up, closer to the uh, Sacré Cœur, the cathedral at the top, you get a better and better view of the city down below you. And there appears to be a band playing in a little street there. And there are loads of people hanging around. Lots of cool young people in, uh, you know, the usual trendy clothing. Lots of bearded hipsters and um, cool-looking girls. It's a, it's a very, it's a very cool scene indeed. Everyone's got their swag on. I don't normally use the word swag. I only use it slightly ironic a large a large slightly scary looking man with a beard just stared at me obviously captivated by what I'm doing 
there's a little bar that looks really cool. There's a nice bar. It's called L'Homme Tranquille, the Tranquil Man. Is that why you pointed it to me? Because you're like, Tranquil Man, that's what you could be if you were less stressed. There's a guy playing the guitar over there. Should we walk over? of the restaurants and bars here have got their all of their doors and windows open so essentially people are just sort of sitting almost on the street oh can you hear that there's loads of noise coming from the top of the street I'm going to pause and I'll start recording again when we get there so we're getting closer it sounds like a It's a DJ playing, uh, I think it's Chuck Berry. If you want to dance with me. A lot of people dancing outside that bar. And then we approach the top of the hill. There's another David Guetta wannabe, I think, DJing at the top. Lots of people jumping up and down outside this bar. This reminds me of the Notting Hill Carnival. <laughs> wow, there's, I don't know how many people here. There's, uh, what, 200 people? All jumping up and down and dancing as this, I can't see him, but there must be a, like a DJ or producer or something playing some tunes inside a little white tent in front of a, a gallery and loads of people are jumping up and down dancing nice just moving into an area that's even more crowded now just in the sort of lower area of Montmartre outside I'm going to say where we are we're in uh, Abbes which is a really nice part of Paris just sort of in the just the lower area of Montmartre Abbes it's really nice this spot because one of the things I like about it is the uh, the, me- the metro station has got this really cool Art Nouveau uh, design on the entrance to the tube station and this evening a funk band playing some Stevie Wonder and some wicked dancing going on here bad. There's a girl busting some seriously fresh dance moves in front of a crowd of what must be about 300 people here. Cool. I think this is a live band, but I can't actually see the musicians. They're having like a little dance-off, sort of trading dance moves. 
I expect they would start uh, break dancing, but they don't have anything to dance on. They've just got the like the paving stones of the street underneath them. But it's that kind of thing, you know? Like a sort of dance-off. Oh yeah, there is a live band. They're now playing Luther Vandross, and that bass player is brilliant. Too much. 
you're taking photos. Yes. She's nodding. Is that red light flashing? Does the red light flash when I speak? Yeah. Like recording something for the Fête de la Musique, yeah. Yeah. just doing a little thing. Uh, are you here for the football? Yeah. 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 Where are you from? Belgium. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, welcome to Europe. You're, you were already yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, how about you? I'm um, French. You're French? Yeah. Wow, your English is so good. I thought I'm, you're I'm all... from England. You're from England. <laughs> and and so because you hang around with him, your English is brilliant. Is that the story? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We go to uni together. We go to uni together in England. I see. I see. What are you doing? Um, well, um, I study politics. Oh, wow. And you guys do? Uh, I do business. You do business? Yeah. I study physics. Okay. Right. Thanks for talking to me. Cheers. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I a few questions. No, I, I've run out of ideas. I was going to... I, I, I was the so music in... sounds good. Yes. We're having a good time. Yeah, good, 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 good. The music's really good. It's worth missing a football match. It's, it's Spain Croatia right now, and it's worth messing it. Right, okay, good. I was going to ask you about Brexit, and then I thought, oh, fuck. Like, we're in. We're in. Yeah? Brexit. What, what do you think? I mean, you're the, I'm going to go around in a circle. What do you think, the politics um, guy? I reckon the England, I mean, the UK should stay in the EU, but that's my opinion. Uh, as a Frenchman, it would be much more convenient for us, and they would not benefit from leaving the EU, but it's their loss, really. It's their choice. Okay, so one vote for, for Remain there from yeah. the French politics students. Where are you from? London. Okay, what do you think? Uh, economically, it's not viable if we leave. Just like I think it's Norway that have a, a trade agreement. But because they've left the EU, they're actually paying more for the trade agreement than we're paying actually staying in the EU. And uh, if you actually look at the IMF and the uh, American trade agreement with the UK, we'll go straight to the bottom of the list. Right, yeah. They try to put it on a pedestal saying that if, if we leave, then we're going to be this great nation again. They're trying to do like basically what Donald Trump does and like just reunify Britain, but pointless, it makes no sense to me. How about you then, the Belgian? Yeah. As a European person, I think we need Britain and Britain needs us. And like, it's not the best time right now, but believe me, in 10 years, if we keep working together, it'll be like, it'll be so much better because we, we need each other and that's the way forward, being together, not separate. So we should stay to fix it. Sorry? We should stay so we can improve things. Exactly, yeah. We need this bond. Europe, Britain. Another vote for Remain. That's three now. Yeah. Uh, you're English. What do you think? In. In. That's all you need to know. That's it. That's the end of argument. Okay. Hello, are you with these guys? Sorry? Okay, I can't actually hear myself think. But guys, thanks so much for coming. Thanks, have a good evening. So I just met some students. Two of them are English, one of them was Belgian, one of them, one of them was French. I asked them about Brexit because they're studying politics and business. They were all in favor of uh, the UK staying in the European Union which is refreshing, because I've read a lot of nonsense on the internet about why we should leave, but I disagree with that. 
Anyway, we're moving away from that amazing funk music now. It's boiling hot, isn't it? Are you hot? I'm sweating. We found another funk band. It's all about funk at the Fête de la Musique this year. We're going to go and try and get a closer recording of this. get closer to the drummer because in funk music it's all about the drums and the bass isn't it let's face it see if we can get in closer to that drummer and bass player before the song ends actually this group has got an amazing horn section We're going to keep moving up the hill, see if we can find another beer. So we're just at the bottom of another street now, still going up the hill, and uh, there's another huge crowd of people at the top of this street and more live music. So I wonder what we're going to discover as we uh, walk up the hill this time. Some sort of like a rock band, I think, isn't it? Booze, blues, and rock and roll, I think. on the lookout for beer my eagle-eyed wife has spotted a place selling beer so we're now starting to walk up some of the many steps on the way up to Sacré-Cœur here in Montmartre this is one of those Woody Allen moments it's a, like a bit of a famous tourist trap this spot all of these steps leading up towards the cathedral and there are these lovely little cafes and places to stop and enjoy the view and have a coffee or a beer or something to eat and here's a band up here that seems to be playing Radiohead nice What the hell am I doing here? 
Time to open beer number two. Here we go. Oh, it's a good sound. It's a lovely sound. Special. I wish I was special, but I'm a creep. What am I doing here? <laughs> So we're now walking back up the hill. Beer number two has been opened. And uh, we're getting deeper and deeper into the lovely, arty, yet slightly touristy area of Montmartre here, uh, where they have these really cute little houses. It's a very nice place to live. So we're gonna now head down towards the, uh, the area which is immediately in front of Sacré-Cœur, which is where the, no? sort of almost in front of Sacre-Cœur, um, <laughs> which is an area where people, every day thousands and thousands of tourists go to take selfies, right? They take selfies, they uh, take pictures of the view and generally enjoy having a nice look at the City of Light, which is the nickname of Paris, the City of Light, isn't it? Okay. Oh, there's again there's uh, another crowd of people at the end of this street with a live band and we will discover what kind of music they're playing in just a moment as we walk here between art galleries and little shops that sell paintings little studios that sell paintings lovely little unique uh, houses that must be very expensive gardens here really nice uh, now this sounds like a record. I think this is Elvis. Jailhouse Rock. Beautiful view from here. So now walking up a very long flight of steps as we climb higher and higher and uh, there's a beautiful view emerging behind us of the city below and as we get to this next uh, plateau at the top of these stairs notice that I'm not out of breath proving that I'm in peak physical condition but wow what an amazing view <sighs> and uh, the sun is just starting to go down or it may have gone down but you can see a good portion of the city, including Anvalide, Opera, the Opera House, the Montparnasse Tower, and lots of other details. It looks really fantastic. It's beautiful. And uh, 
As it's getting dark, the street lights have all come on. And the place has got trees and these nice buildings. And loads and loads of people all crowded around for more singing. I guess this is a French song that I don't know. Yeah, I do know it, do I? It's Johnny Halliday, of course. We went to see Johnny Halliday in concert at, uh, where was it? Bercy. And uh, I thought he was brilliant. I wasn't convinced before. Johnny Halliday, by the way, listeners, is a, uh, a huge star in music in France. He's a bit like, what, the French Elvis? No? He's like that, though, isn't he? He started out in sort of rock and roll in the 60s. He became a huge, uh, hugely famous singer in the 60s. And he's just a survivor. He kind of like had the huge, massive, powerful love ballad, uh, like mega powerful love songs throughout his career in the 70s and 80s. And he, I think, were there, did he have problems? Did he have like um, issues with substances and stuff? I don't know, he may have had drug problems and stuff, but he's still going in 2016. And we saw him live in front of about, what, 20,000 people? And uh, it was incredible. Uh, I wasn't convinced that he was that great before, but seeing him perform on stage, this old guy with this powerful voice. I was convinced he was an amazing performer. And the best bit was when he... uh, came and did a little performance he sort of moved from the main stage into the middle of the audience on a little stage with a a little rock and roll band and he did a set of about five or six songs of uh, sort of rockabilly rock and roll with a double bass and uh, a guy on a washboard and you know old fashioned 50s rock and roll and that was amazing so what you just heard in the background was a huge crowd of French people all singing one of Johnny Halliday's uh, most famous songs a bit quieter here. I think I've been bitten on the hand by a mosquito. Because obviously I'm irresistible to French mosquitoes and and women. Well, woman. This this one. Although we'll see if uh, if she can put up with me recording a podcast while we're out in the. But you don't mind, do you? No, you don't. Good. That's why you're my wife. And they're obviously amongst other reasons. It's not just that. <laughs> so we're in a quieter area now. This is like the main square on, in Montmartre. And this is where all the artists hang out. Uh, I mean, these days, they're all sort of artists for tourists. Tourists, you know? They're here just to try and... You know those guys that will draw a picture of you? You sit down for five minutes and they draw a picture of you and then sell it to you. It's full of those sorts of artists now. But it's nice, lots of restaurants. And now we can see a view quite close of the magnificent Sacre-Cœur Cathedral, which is this cathedral made of white stone. It's beautiful, actually. The three towers, one large one, one medium one, and one little one. And they've got these sort of long domed roofs, which are really eye-catching and beautiful. And now we're just turning the corner, and there it is. There's the view of the city down below. 
all of the shimmering lights and the densely populated city of Paris with all its little streets and Haussmannian boulevards and uh, avenues and things and famous monuments like the Eiffel Tower and the uh, Arc de Triomphe and the uh, Place de la Bastille and so on. You can see most of it from up here. We're just going to walk around in front of the cathedral. Still lots of people here. A couple of hysterical people behind us. What are they so excited about? Is it the Johnny Halliday effect? So we're now just uh, approaching the front entrance of the uh, Sacré-Cœur. What's the full name of it? The Cathédrale de Sacré-Cœur? Sacré-Cœur de Montmartre? Not sure what the full name is, actually. But uh, it is spectacular when you see it from the front. With this three arches, sort of an entranceway with this like this huge porch with three arches on the front, two arches on either side, and uh, two statues on horseback um, on top of the front porch. And then in front of that, there is a kind of a, or like a sort of large, solid, square front uh, with another arch and another statue in an arch above that and two columns on either side. Um, and then set behind it, there is the large basilica, the domed roof of the main part of the cathedral, and then two smaller domed uh, sections on either side. And it, go, it stretches back behind this front as well quite far. It's really amazing to see. And it's, it really is an, an quite a spectacular cathedral, very overbearing as well when you're standing right in front of it. Um, and it, it's got this incredible position here on the hilltop overlooking the entire city and this is the this is one of the top tourist spots and there are lots of steps in front of it and this is where lots of people come up and they sit on the steps and they drink and they smoke and they uh, talk and they usually there are buskers playing music here the whole place is packed tonight you can hear people singing and having a good time Lots of people drinking beer, smoking and talking, which I think are sort of French hobbies. <laughs> and why not? Down at the bottom of the stairs, there's some guy doing a fire dancing performance. It's a little bit, it's a little bit crazy up here. A lot of empty bottles lying around and sort of people in various states of semi-drunkenness. But there's a guy dancing with fire, which is really cool. I say cool, obviously, it's actually quite hot. Ha, 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 a little joke there on Luke's English podcast. What a surprise. That doesn't happen very often, does it? Um, so he's actually, he's doing poi, you know, poi. That's where you get these chains with these sort of uh, balls of fire on the end of the chains. And he's spinning them around while doing this dance. I guess he's dipped the balls in, like, uh, kerosene. And he's now dancing, spinning them around. It's really cool. Everyone's sitting there watching him. I used to be part of a fire dancing performance group. Did I ever tell you that? We used to perform fire dancing in Japan. Now, I didn't used to do the fire dancing. That was uh, one of my friends called Nadia. And she, used to, she was from New Zealand and she learned to do fire dancing. I don't know when. And she used to do this fire dancing on the beach. And uh, I used to play an African drum, a djembe with my friend Brett who uh, was from Australia and he played the saxophone 
And together we were like this performance trio. We used to perform on the beach in front of one of the beach bars in, um, where was it? Hayama. They have these beach bars uh, in, in uh, Japan, in, uh, all along the coast. And there were particularly nice bars on the beaches in Hayama, which is a lovely area. Um, and um, in fact, the emperor has a summer house there, which obviously means it's a really nice place if the emperor thinks it's good enough to have a summer house there. And so, yeah, we, there, there are these really cool Hawaiian-style beach bars and uh, we used to perform there at the weekends and we get paid for it as well. It was brilliant. They used to give us free drinks and they'd give us 50,000 euros, which sounds like a fortune. Is it 50? No, we used to get 10,000 euros, which is about 50 pounds, which is pretty good, really. And free beer. Good times. Okay, it started to rain now. It's drizzling, which is that kind of fine rain. I mean fine in terms of the sort of size of the raindrops. It's not fine, of course. It's, it's really not okay in any way. Uh, but anyway, fine raindrops, little raindrops. You can hardly even feel it landing on your skin. It's just wet. We call that drizzle. Anyway, it's drizzling. So it may be time to move uh, back towards the direction of home to avoid the, the rain. If it's going to start raining, we don't want to be outside when it's raining plus everyone's going to want to escape the rain it's like a it's like a music festival in fact technically it is a music festival like an english music festival where it, it rains all over everyone and they get soaking wet it's all part of the fun really anyway we're going to move down the hill now uh towards home and we'll see what kind of stuff we discover on the way including a guy playing a guitar here and singing outside the local Irish bar. There's an Irish bar up here. Yes, trust the Irish. They'll always find any place is a good place for an Irish bar. It seems any part of the world, or well, almost any part of the world, people want Guinness. And there's always going to be an Irishman there to cater to that need. And uh, the top of the... Uh, Boots de Montmartre is no exception, apparently. And I'm very happy about that, too. Because as far as I'm concerned, Guinness is always a welcome addition to any um, landmark. Right, now we're just walking down these steps, the, uh, the Woody Allen steps of Paris. Um, I say Woody Allen, it's because it's the... Oh, we've apparently walked... We've walked 11 kilometres. Oh, since, since about 6 o'clock? Oh, that's you. So we've done about what? five kilometers something like that that's not bad um a lot of it uphill i say so why are these the woody allen steps well you know woody allen made a film or two in paris and the uh, i guess the most famous film he made here was called midnight in paris and it's basically what he did was he sort of chose all of the most well-known tourist spots to to make his film so a lot of the scenes take place in these really kind of cliched tourist areas like this that's why I call it the Woody Allen Paris because it's like the cliched touristy type of Paris although you can find the Woody Allen Paris here there's obviously other types of Paris like the one we're experiencing this evening like the alternative Paris but uh, you get the Woody Allen Paris too on any any normal day 
you come up here, you get the view and you get the accordion music and all that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, we're now walking down the, the Woody Allen steps, as I've decided to call them, on the way home. Let's see what kind of music we discover on the way. So we just got down the bottom of the Woody Allen steps and there's like a drum circle going on here. It looks like most of them are having a break. And there's a couple of people uh, still drumming. It's like one of those kind of carnival, I guess this is like a Brazilian drum group. Although, obviously I might not know what the hell I'm talking about there. But uh, it's like a... I think, they're, I think it's like the sort of drum group you get at Brazilian Carnival. You know, they've got these large drums strapped around. Their, they've got like harnesses that hold the drums on and little big wooden drumsticks with uh, soft sort of uh, pads on the end, you know? Anyway, they're not playing, so I don't know why I'm even talking about it. Just imagine the most incredible Brazilian Carnival drum group all having a cigarette. That's what we just saw. A lot of people over there have got their crunk on. I think that's uh, what the kids would say. They've got their swag on or something. I wouldn't know about these things myself, being a 39-year-old. Yep, 39, ladies and gentlemen. 39 years old. Who would have thought it? I guess it happens to the best of us, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I'm not bothered about reaching the ripe old age of 39, actually. Because ultimately, you're as young as you feel, aren't you? Or as old as you feel. And uh, it's just a number in it at the end of the day. Yes, it is. So we've managed to move past that crowd of people. And we're slowly making our way back down the hill to go home. Because uh, we've both got work in the morning. We're not going to be staying up all night. Unless they continue to play music downstairs all evening. In which case, uh, we're not going to get much sleep. But I suppose anyone who lives in Paris tonight is going to have a fairly sleepless night, aren't they? Is that true? Yeah. Lots of teenagers out. <laughs> I'm sounding like a I'm sounding like a middle-aged man now, aren't I? Oh, isn't it past your bedtime? Did you see that girl sitting at the table? There was a there was like a I guess she was about 14. There's a girl sitting at a table in a restaurant with her parents. She looked like the most miserable 14-year-old in the whole world. Just sitting there like, why do I have to sit here with my parents when everyone else is having fun? Oh dear, it's hard being 14, isn't it, sometimes? I remember evenings like that where there was something going on, like you're on a holiday with your parents and there's something going on, but you're not allowed to take part because you have to be sensible and stay with your parents. It's rubbish being 14. I'm so glad I'm 39 and I'm not 14. You too. Yeah, my wife agrees. Of course she does. Of course she agrees with me. You always agree with me, don't you? No, she doesn't, apparently. No. Far from it. So we, we've looped back on ourselves. We're back to the point where... Ah... Uh, they were playing Chuck Berry here at this bar oh, a little while ago. This is a weird place because we've got music coming from two different bars. It's a bit of a cacophony. It's a cacophony of sound. That's exactly the right word for it. It's like a weird mashup between sort of drum and bass music and Little Richard. 
and it's not really working, to be honest. Just because two different bars are playing two different tracks at the same time. Wait a minute. Let me see the. Let me check on the score of the Spain game. And we're just walking past a bar that's showing the football score. Oh dear, Spain, 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 Spain. It's 1-1 now. What happened? You conceded a goal. Croatia scored. It's 1-1. Come on, Spain. You're better than that. You can beat Croatia. In fact, I should be speaking to Croatia as well. Come on, Croatia. Embarrass these Spaniards. They've got enough trophies now, the Spanish. They've won enough in recent years. I think it's time that Croatia won something, don't you think? Yeah, it's time to hand over the the mantle to Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe, I suppose. Is that the is that the right word for that region? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. I suppose it's all about uh, it's all about goals in it. At the end of the day, goals. If you score enough goals, you deserve to get the, the trophy. Ultimately. So we're now back at Abes Station, where they have that fantastic. Uh, fantastically uh, designed Art Nouveau tube entrance uh, let's go my wife's now giving me options should we go right or left should take the blue pill or the red pill um, let's, let's go let's go that way let's take the uh, let's take the blue pill okay I say the blue pill and the red pill obviously listeners that is a reference to the popular movie franchise The Matrix which was released in 1999, starring Keanu Reeves and uh, Lawrence Fishburne. It's obviously now entered into popular culture, hasn't it, now? That red pill, blue pill choice. It's a simple binary choice between two uh, extreme, extremely opposed uh, possibilities. I think in the movie, it's like, do you choose to wake up from the Matrix and understand what reality is all about, or do you choose to go back to sleep? Uh, even though it's all an illusion. Do you take the red pill or the blue pill? What would you take, listeners? Would you go for the red pill or the blue pill? If this was all just a computer program, would you rather like, be woken up from it, even if that reality that you'd, you'd arrive at would be a very harsh one, in which you might be enslaved by hideously evil robots? Or would you choose to slip back into the Matrix and just live the dream? live this computer synthesized dream of consciousness getting a little bit deep here on Luke's English podcast at this moment while we're walking around the streets of Montmartre on La Fête de la Musique maybe I shouldn't be thinking about this stuff should just be getting back into the funky music again right just relentless levels of funk music here on the streets of Paris tonight which is always a good thing. I think it's, I think that's always going to be good for a city, isn't it? An injection of soul music for one night. The streets are filled with groovy funk music. I think it's a healthy uh, thing, no? How could that be bad? Everyone gets to dance and they get to shake off a lot of their tension and have fun in the street. It's good for the community. A lot of the local bars sell loads of beer and uh, restaurants and cafes put their um, have barbecues out in the street and stuff 
It's a party. It's good for the soul. Someone's making chips. Can you smell that? Someone's frying chips and they smell too good to be true. But I shouldn't call them chips. I think technically they are French fries. Or uh, frites. Frites. Fritz. Frites in French. I can't. It's difficult to pronounce the R sound in French. Frites. <laughs> frites. I end up like spitting on people when I try and speak French. <laughs> It's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons my French sucks, because it's just antisocial when I speak French. Why? You, my wife's giving giving me a rude gesture again. What's that for? What have I done to, to deserve that? I was uh, considering having a third beer. Then, what do you think? I'm going to have a third beer. I'm doing it. Okay, I'm going to buy a third beer now. I just successfully purchased beer for the second time. Third time. Third time this evening. Okay, are you ready for the opening, the, the uh, grand official opening of beer number three? Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Brace yourselves. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. As the rain is now starting to intensify here, it's actually raining now, isn't it? Does it matter? It doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm English. I'm genetically... I've evolved to become immune to rain. I think that... Uh, genetically I'm predisposed to to deal with rain it's like a it's like when rain hits me it's like water off a duck's back the rain just rolls off because I've experienced it so many times I've developed a sort of a waxy coating to my skin <laughs> it doesn't sound good what's that what my wife's pointing out a, my wife uh, she's she's a big fan of uh, Fête de la Musique you know um, just were you pointing at a nice window yeah she does that. Whenever we walk around, she always dis- she notices nice windows in buildings and she points at them. And generally, the, 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 the statement is usually, I would like to live there. <laughs> Based purely on the size of the window. The bigger the window, the, the more you want to live there. And they're very energy inefficient, you know, apartments with large windows. Did you know that? It's very difficult to heat them because they get cold in the winter. And they get very hot in the summer. So although it might look appealing from the outside, actually living there would be another matter. I'm, I'm, it's exciting, isn't it, this level of conversation with me when I start breaking down the uh, energy efficiency of windows. <laughs> I'm a romantic, ladies and gentlemen. So we're now approaching our part of town again I think I'm going to stop describing the, uh, the locale because uh, I don't want all of those legions of stalkers to come knocking on my door um, but as you may have heard on previous episodes of the podcast my flat is extremely secure I think the only way that uh, someone could get in there would be if they crashed a helicopter on the roof do you remember that? Long-term Lepsters will remember a conversation I had with my Australian friend Daniel in which we speculated on the idea that uh, the only way that uh, zombies could get me in my flat would be if uh, some weird situation in which a zombie was in a helicopter and it bit the 
pilot and the helicopter crashed on the roof of the building and then they m made their way into the building. That's the only way that they could get in. So and if you're any zombies listening to this, just think twice before you uh, try and get into my flat, okay? And I extend that uh, message to any stalkers also considering finding their way into the building. Just don't, okay? Don't even think about it. Because if you try, um, you know, I've, I, I'm, I'm not trained in martial arts, but... Um, I have watched a lot of boxing matches and I've seen a lot of kung fu movies. Hey! 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 Whatever you got in your hand. It's, this is a microphone. Do you want Sorry? To, do you want to speak ready? To where? For, for speak where? where? Right here. No, man, but you come from where? I'm from England. I'm England? Doing a, I'm doing a, yeah. a diary. And for the great return, we're singing. Ho! And for the great return, we're singing. Ho! Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your message. Yes, I do. It says on the bus. Just the. Uh, thank you. You too. Me too, listeners. Me too. I... <laughs> oh dear. Well, he was happy, right? That's the most important thing. And it's probably a good thing that he interrupted me because I think I was talking a lot of nonsense about. I don't know, about people trying to get into the apartment. Yes. Okay. That, it's been a nice evening, hasn't it? It has, yeah. Okay, a big smile on the face. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Okay, ladies and gents. Um, we're nearly home. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed spending the evening with us tonight on this special musical edition of Luke's English Podcast. A special French edition. We've just walked past a, uh, an estate agent. You know those shops that uh, advertise homes for sale? And I don't know if it's the same in your country, but you know, you get to a certain age where buying a, an apartment is on the agenda. And when you get to that age, it's impossible to walk past an estate agent in your local area without stopping to have a look at the, the properties and look at the prices and the number of bedrooms they have and whether they're on the first, second or third floor or whatever. That's beautiful. They have some amazing properties here. Bloody hell, look at that. This one looks incredible. There's like a, huge, a really amazing looking piece of Japanese artwork on the wall of this apartment. That one is not bad, but it's, it's in, the, it's in the, uh, the roof of the building. We're just looking at a flat here which is advertised as an exclusive offer. And it's a quite a good price. How many bedrooms? Two bedrooms. Not bad. Two. Two bedrooms. But, and it's up at the top. It's on the top of the building. So there's probably a nice view. And it's here in Abes, in this area. But it's in the roof of the building. Which means that there are, most of the walls are not vertical. They're like sort of at an angle. Which is bad for me because I bump my head on those low roofs. Those low ceilings. You know, the ceilings that slope slope in sort of sloping diagonal ceilings I always bump my head on them there's a nice one up there yeah that's what third floor three rooms oh my god look at that I don't think we can afford that it's a million and a half euros 1.58 million euros for a a place with five rooms third floor oh wow it looks like an amazing place no can't afford it Far, way out of our price range 
But anyway, we just had one of those moments, listeners, where you walk past an estate agent advertising different properties in the area and you stop and you look at them all. You know that you're entering middle age when uh, you start doing that. And that's fine, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely A-OK. This has been a, a truly wicked evening in Paris. Despite the rain, despite the dodgy weather conditions, this has been a lovely evening in our local area. And uh, I think we both feel very lucky to, to live in this part of town. It's really cool. And it's all happening. All the bars are open. People spilling out into the streets. The nightlife is vibrant. And it's a Tuesday evening, actually. And we've all got to go to work tomorrow. But I wonder what the uh, general vibe will be at work on, a, on uh, Wednesday, the 22nd of June. I imagine there'll be a few hangovers. What do you call a hangover in French? A gul de bois? A mouth of wood. Like a wooden mouth. Which is quite an inventive expression for a hangover in French. Gul de bois. A wooden hangover. No, no, wooden mouth. A mouth of wood, which is quite descriptive, really, because when you have a hangover, it does feel like your wood, your mouth is made of wood. What did she say? Some girl walked past and shouted something. I had no idea what she said. French Lepsters, if you identified that word, leave it in the comments section. Work hard, play hard. It's definitely the message of the week. Northern Irish fans here. Have a good night. Excuse me, guys. You're from Northern Ireland? Yes. yes. Uh, can I just uh, ask you a couple of questions? I know you're like a recording yeah, podcast. Sweet, yeah, sweet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so where are you guys from? Belfast. We're from Belfast. Yeah. Right. How long have you been in, in France? Uh, I've been here for the last fortnight. Oh, yeah, really? Since here. before Nice. Uh, what time? Okay. About 11 o'clock. We had a flight at about 7 o'clock from Dublin. And Ireland, yeah, so we're absolutely wrecked. So you guys came in today, uh, today? Yeah. And but you've been here two I've weeks. Been here since the stadium, yeah, yeah. I've been here all three games. Okay. We yeah. just met up with them today. We met up. We went to school together. Yeah, went to school. Same school, yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, how's the competition been for you guys so far? Absolutely great. Like it's been really yeah. yeah. Like we just in our like lifetime, we've never made the like the tournament. So like it's our first one, and it's just mad. Love just it. Had to hop on a plane. Just the money didn't matter. Just get ourselves out to France. Just doesn't matter as long as we're here student loan straight on this <laughs> like exactly. I'm not gonna lie <laughs> right right well done so are you guys through is Northern Ireland through at the minute, depending on the Turkey result I think we're through yeah they're 2-0 up at the minute so it's looking like it's looking good for us yeah we've got the third place and get to play in the knockout and then hopefully get on to the round of 16 isn't it so I think if, we if, either draw France or Wales I think in the next round is the, oh, the two for us but okay. we'll see. So if Turkey win, you're through. Yeah, Apart, they're up, yeah. so... Yeah. Turkey win, we're through. Okay. It looks like. Can I ask you one other question? Yes. Can I ask you about Brexit? Because that's the other story that's going on. <laughs> no, no. Absolutely remain. Like, remain. if you vote out, you're a bit of a moron. Especially if you're from Northern Ireland. Yeah, why? What's, well, the, what's, the, what's the story in Northern Ireland on this? I think the main thing for us is the border. Like, if we vote out the border, there's, there's like, will it close or... Like, is it not gonna? It's not gonna same. It's not gonna stay the same way it is right now. Yeah. And that's bad for us. Because you guys have got an actual border. We've with got Europe. our own border. Yeah. 
all that Boris Johnson has said is that they'll reinforce the ports, but that doesn't do anything for like migrants who arrive in Northern Ireland because they'll just stay in Northern Ireland. What's the worst that could happen? The worst that can happen is they come up into Northern Ireland and we can't get them to leave. Like and then they're all they're all there because they won't be able to get into Britain because the ports are strong. Right, I see. So Northern Ireland will be the entry point for anyone yeah. who wants to come in, and we will be able to handle them. Right, I see. I see. Complicated, isn't it? Yeah. When is it? It's 23rd. It's 23rd, Jeff. I need to do my research. I'll probably just say to leave. I probably will. I'll probably just go with the flu, but I don't know. I'm oh, no, sorry, stay. Right, not go with leave. You're, you're looking at your eyes there. You're like, what? So, so everyone in Northern Ireland basically is gonna, gonna stay. Is that, is that right? I, hopefully. But anyone in our kind of, I think anyone in our, anyone who's, anyone in our uh, demographic who's at university will vote in. But a lot of unionists, a lot of unionists want to vote out, and I can't explain why, other than because it's very. They just, they're all very nationalistic. Um, just an ideological position that they yeah. have to stick with because yeah. they just, you know, are sort of... Um, they feel so British that they have to vote out. And it's just... Just as an expression yeah. of unionism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No substance, just nationalism. Right. Then, well, unionism. I think that's what a lot of the debate's all about. It's just some ideological position that, deter- that colours everyone's opinion. Yeah. yeah. Guys... Really nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you too, yeah. Have a really good time at Fête de la Musique. It's perfect, really, that this is happening now. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, have a good night. We will do. Well Thank do. you very much. Cheers. Yeah. So, they were from Northern Ireland, from Belfast, talking about how happy they are that Northern Ireland got through to the Euros in the first place and probably going to get through to the next round. And then uh, getting their opinions on Brexit. And uh, it seems that people in Northern Ireland are interested in staying. Although there's something going on here in the street. Typical uh, Parisian driving going on. So there, I think it's an Uber driver who's stopped in the middle of the junction. What is, what's happening? What, what just happened? So that an, an, Uber, an Uber driver has just stopped his car right in the middle of a busy junction. A bus has stopped behind him. And he, he just literally got out of the car and ran after another bus on foot, sort of shouting at, the, at, at someone. What happened? Did someone jump out of his car? I think the bus like drove right in front of him and maybe crashed into him. Is he going to try and chase the bus? Oh, my God. So, so the, the Uber driver, I'm assuming he's an Uber driver. It looks like it. You know, it's like one of those, uh, one of those cars that they usually use for Uber. Uber is like a private, it's a sort of a, a taxi service, basically, like an alternative taxi service. And um, there's always some drama with the Uber drivers because they uh, don't get on with the bus drivers and they don't get on with uh, taxi drivers. So the Uber driver managed to maneuver his car and he's gone after the bus. He's, he's gone chasing after the bus. It looked like, it, I guess the bus may be bumped into him or drove in front of him or did something to annoy him and the uber driver stopped the car in the middle of the junction with stopping all of the traffic and um, um, in the middle of all of this craziness with all these people around here and he got out of the car and ran after the bus i think he wanted to like argue with the driver or something or have a fight with him and he managed to turn the car around in the middle of the, the busy junction and then he's just driven off down the taxi lane chasing after the the bus so god knows what's going to happen 
we're now walking in that direction and who knows we might actually end up uh, having a look at that scene yeah wow so we're now walking along the part of Paris where all the sex shops are and I say sex shops they're not actually selling sex are they? some of them are <laughs> some of them are to be honest most of them are selling all of the let's say accessories that go along with uh, what people do in the bedroom um, and it's a uh, Oh, we're here. Oh, I thought we... I didn't know we were here. I, th- I thought we were further up. So we've, we, we've just come past the Moulin Rouge. We were right in front of the Moulin Rouge there. When I was speaking to those uh, Northern Irish guys, we were directly in front of the Moulin Rouge, which is funny because that is a huge tourist spot. And every time I'm there, because there's a supermarket opposite the Moulin Rouge where, I, where we buy our shopping sometimes, every time I go there... It's all these sex shops and all these dildos and, 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 and things like that and dodgy sex cinemas and these weird people who hang around outside the cinemas and try and persuade you to go inside. Should we go this way? There's, there's all the guitar shops down there. Oh, is this what? The taxi driver? Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, what was I saying? Uh, sex shops, that's it. So there are loads of these sex shops around. It's pretty weird. And uh, the Moulin Rouge is there. So there's always all there's loads of these tourists like I don't know where they come from I guess a lot of them are Japanese or Chinese or Korean or from everywhere really all the tourists hang out in this spot taking selfies in front of the Moulin Rouge this famous what's it like a cabaret club it's famous from that movie you know the movie with Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor the one about the Moulin Rouge what's it called I can't remember oh yeah that's it it's called Moulin Rouge ha 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 Another joke there for free on the... (laughs) My wife was not impressed by that joke. And rightly so. It was a terrible joke. Um, Anyway, loads of tourists always hang out there. And there's all these dodgy little sex shops and sex cinemas nearby. It always seems to be sort of a funny situation. That all the tourists are there and there's all this seediness all around them. But they usually seem to be... They, they usually have a good time. I usually see them walking around, looking, at this, looking in the windows of the shops and having a laugh. Because it is pretty funny, let's face it. Um, and uh, it's fine as well. I don't think there's any, there are any, really any problems with it. Nothing wrong with it, as far as I can see. So we're now walking past... Wow, smell that. Wow, someone is smoking something. So there is a, a little tent in the middle of the, the road. There's like a, an area in the middle of the road. Not literally in the middle of the road. There's like a central reservation where people sit and... Uh, excuse me just sneezed and uh, obviously there was just a a tent with a DJ booth in it and a bunch of people dancing and smoking some chronic (laughs) some chronic herb uh, smoking ganja I think well I'm I'm certain it's stank extremely smelly Um, and uh, we're nearly home now aren't we any sign of the bus driver situation? Oh, look, look. Should we go and have a look? Okay. So, we've just 
we've just discovered the bus and the Uber driver. So the bus is there at the bus stop, and the Uber driver's car has stopped in front of the bus, and he's got his warning lights, you know, the orange flashing lights on his, on his car. The warning lights are going off. And where is the driver of the Uber? Where is he? Is he in the car? No, he's just there. I think we just missed it because the driver's just got back into the Uber. I guess we've just missed the uh, argument that they must have had. I'd love to know what happened. Normally, when this sort of thing happens, I just walk on. You know, I don't really like to stick my nose into other people's business. But considering I'm doing a sort of reportage here from uh, Fête de la Musique this evening, uh, since I'm being a sort of gonzo journalist this evening, I thought I'd report on what could be an exciting... Uh, an exciting uh, battle in the street between an Uber driver and a bus driver here. But at the moment, he's just standing around like he's really annoyed, chewing some gum in an aggressive manner while the bus is just sitting there. I wonder what's going on. Maybe the bus driver has disappeared in order to uh, make a complaint about the Uber driver or something. It's probably what's happened, right? I think the bus driver's gone to make a phone call. Is the, is the driver still in the bus? Yeah, he is. He's on the phone, right? I wouldn't be surprised if the bus driver's called the police. Because the Uber drivers, they're having a conversation. What? You want to talk? Just talk. So my wife, who is, a, who is clever and who knows about these things, has identified that what's obviously what's happened here is that the, the Uber driver has demanded a statement from the bus driver. He needs to get a, like a, uh, an insurance form signed uh, because Uber drivers here, they don't drive their own cars. I think they sort of rent or borrow their cars from the Uber company. If you don't know what Uber is, essentially, from our point of view as, as customers, you download the app. It's called Uber, U-B-E-R. You download it and then you open the app and you, it opens a little map, and you can see there are cars in your area driving around. And you request a car. You like, you know, just click request, and uh, you can request a car. And one of the cars in your area will drive to your location, and then you can enter your, lo- uh, you can enter your destination. Okay, and it's all done through the app, through the internet. The Uber driver then knows your details. It know- he knows your number. And he knows your location. So he drives to where you are. He picks you up. He calls you and says, I'm here. So you go out and you find him. And you, you go to the car and you say, hello, yeah, I'm Luke. And you, you, know, you identify each other. You get in the car. He knows your destination. And he uses the map, you know, the uh, satellite navigation on the Uber app that he's got. And he drives you to your location. You get there and you go, thanks very much. Have a nice evening. And you leave. You don't, you don't have to give him any money. No money changes hands. It's all done within the app, and it's all paid automatically, okay? Um, so it's brilliant. It's amazing. Also, the Uber drivers are really cool. They're, like, really friendly in Paris anyway. They're really friendly. They're, they're, they're very efficient. They give you free water. They let you charge your iPhone. They give you candy. They give you little sweets and things that you can eat. They're really, really nice. And I have to say, compared to the taxi drivers in Paris, they, are, they give a much better service and the taxi drivers are all really furious about Uber because basically they are um, they see it as unfair competition 
and the taxi drivers basically think that they deserve to have uh, complete access to the market and that Uber represents unfair competition. In my experience, taxi drivers are often unfriendly. They are often um, um, uh, even rude to you. They often don't speak to you. Uh, the taxis are not as clean and well kept as the Ubers. Um, sometimes they play their music and they don't, uh, you know, turn it down even if you uh, if if it's annoying, and you know, lots of reasons. But the taxi drivers are so furious with Uber. Anyway, what we just saw there was that this Uber driver. Because his car is not his, he needs to get a written statement from the bus driver. Otherwise, the Uber driver would have to pay for the damage to the car himself. So he actually had to chase him down the street and and sort of, I guess it was a car chase. We just saw a car chase between a, an Uber and a bus and then an argument. We missed the actual argument, but I think that's probably what happened. Oh, dear. It's all happening this evening. So we're now walking down towards where we live. <laughs> you better shave, Bob, because I need a man. You better shave, Bob. Shave, Bob, because I need a man, and I don't want him hairy. Well, you better shave, Bob. Okay, so the air, this area here is like a, the new hipster area because it used to be full of sex shops and little hostess bars and things, but the hipsters have moved in. These are the cool, young, arty-type, trendy young people, um, and they've moved into the area, and a lot of those dodgy sort of uh, hostess bars have been converted into hipster hangouts where they play trendy sort of like electro music and stuff. Uh, that's interesting, isn't it? Yes, Luke, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, right, so we're now walking down our street towards our lovely apartment. Uh, and this is where we end this episode of uh, Luke's English Podcast, in which you've joined my wife and I on this stroll through the streets of our local area, enjoying the atmosphere of the Fête de la Musique in the magical city of light that is Paris. Um, and I think I'll probably keep talking until we get back into the building just to uh, sort of bring a bit of symmetry to the episode. We started in the building, we're going to end in the building. It was interesting to meet a couple of Brits this evening to get their view. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, they all supported uh, the Remain campaign. I really seriously hope that the UK doesn't do something stupid and vote to leave the EU. I don't know who's going to vote leave. I'm not going to start speculating on who they are and what they believe in and things like that, but I think that they're, they're wrong. They've got reasons for their, their opinions, but I don't agree with them. So the wife is now taking a photograph of me. I'm not sure I look presentable because I've been rained on. I've been rained on. I've drunk beer. It's been a busy day. You know, not just the Fête de la Musique, but also all the other things I've been doing this uh, this day. So I'm not sure I look the most presentable. I don't. I'm not sure I look like the archetypal, presentable, respectable English teacher. I look more like a, a sort of slightly drunk f festival goer.
She's showing me the pictures. Yeah. I, what do I look like? I don't know. I, I've got like a shirt that's open and a can no. of beer in my hand and a microphone and my hair is a mess. I look like a bit of a crazy person, but I look like a bit of a madman. I look like a drunken weirdo. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. But, you know, I've only had two and a half beers. Two and a half small beers. This is my... This is hard. She's she's motioning through. I can't believe you haven't spoken for this whole episode. But it's a it, it's a a uh, decision that we've taken, which is that uh, your anonymity is uh, important. Just like in Colombo, we decided that it's it's um, that's what we're going to do. Okay, the sound of my keys as we enter Fort Knox here, the heavily guarded, deeply secure flat that uh, we live in. And it's good to be home, ladies and gentlemen. It is good to be back in Luke's English Podcast headquarters. So thanks very much for listening to this rambling episode of the podcast, which featured some live music and probably some inaudible speaking. Um, I hope you enjoyed sharing Fête de la Musique with us. I'm now leaning out of the window, having a look at the view. I can see the Eiffel Tower, and it's uh, lit up red. The Eiffel Tower is lit up in red light. And there are sort of searchlights coming off the top of the Eiffel Tower, these big beams of light. And there is a nice atmosphere coming from downstairs. You can hear people talking. And it's been a fun evening, and I expect that a lot of people are going to keep partying on all night. Um, but that's, when, that's where this, in fact, is where this episode of the podcast is going to stop. Thank you again for listening. I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, it's time to say... Goodbye. Bye. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, this is Luke's English podcast. You can't touch this. This is a masterpiece of the English language. All righty then. Just think of the accolades it's received over the years. Wait a minute. Who are you? I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. This is going to be good. Really? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Luke's English Podcast. And this is Britain at its best. Oh, you lucky people! Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.